episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast. This is Ron Clements with my wife, Patty. Hello. And we are in the St. Louis area and joined by a couple of uh, special guests, Randall and Gwen Floyd, and we've heard everyone loves the Floyds. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> or they're honest and they don't tell us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got connected with you guys because, Randall, you emailed us through the Home Run on Wheels website. Uh uh, I don't know, a month and a half ago or something like that, right? Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, we realized we were both going to be in the St. Louis area at the same time, so we said, well, let's connect and uh, talk about shared experiences. And you also have connection to foster care, which we think is awesome. Uh, you are foster parents, and let's start there. You, know, you have a seven-year-old son named Ray, and uh, how long has Ray lived with you guys, and what was that whole process like? So um, he was four months old when we got to first meet him, and he came wow. to our home. Um, and October 5th is our first, um, like, meet you day. I don't know what you, it's not gotcha. really gotcha day. Mm. It, we call it our gotcha day because um, we did the adoption on his birthday. And so we say the gotcha day was the first day that he came to us was October 5th. So some people, I think, differ on what your gotcha day is. But he was four months old, um, and it was an interesting process coming up to that of us getting certified and stuff. Our um, caseworker who did the home interview was interesting and it was her first and last one she got fired after that oh, one. Wow. <laughs> so um it was interesting in the process of getting up to being certified that it was taking longer than it was supposed to because this lady was having a hard time <laughs> completing her job um but because of it you know it ended up that ray was our first placement whereas if we had been certified back you know before may when we should have been he wouldn't have been born yet and so may or may not have come to us. And kind of a blessing in disguise then. Right. And um, kind of, I don't know, would you say ironically, Randall was working at the city courthouse and um, knew the parents from doing court dealings with them. And so it ended up being comforting for Biomom um, to have known us already, or at least known Randall, um, because Randall ha- tried to help her through one of her cases. And so she was like, oh, this family's amazing. But we didn't know all of that until two weeks after Ray had been with us that Randall kept saying, man, that name is so familiar. Where do I know that from? Did I help do a divorce? Did I, uh, you know, trying to think, because he's the lawyer. And so he was thinking of all the clients that he had. Um, and then come to find out he had dealt with them at the city courthouse. And so we were, you know, we had to go to everybody on the case and say, hey, we know a lot about this case that we didn't realize, um, which normally if we had known beforehand, they wouldn't have placed him with us because it would have been conflict conflict of interest. (laughs) Yeah. So, but because he'd already been with us for two weeks, they said, leave him where he's at. He's good. We don't want to disrupt him. That's good. And, um, and it was really cool how that, you know, just the beginning worked out. And then, um, a year and a half into the process or a little bit before then, grandparents had said they were going to adopt the whole way if things didn't pan out for bio parents and then at the last minute they backed out and said you know we feel like he's happy where he's at let's leave him and so we were super excited um and then we were able to adopt him we Mm -hmm. did it on his second birthday i'm assuming you do family law i did portion of it was family law i've done everything but uh at the time i was a city prosecutor and i was a divorce attorney and so I was kind of doing one because I was in law school. I was just working on some cases. 
and his dad's case came through, and it was a mess. And then, for whatever reason, the last name stuck, and then turns out it was his son. So wow. Yeah. This is in Seattle? Colorado. In Denver. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we lived in Seattle for a while, and then we moved to Colorado for law school. Gotcha. At, so that's how we at University of Colorado? Or? University of Denver. Okay. Yeah. Good hockey program there. They're an amazing hockey program. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go to a game once. Yeah. So fun. now uh, you have three daughters uh-huh. who are yours. What, yeah. what, what was their reaction when you, you're bringing in this, this new baby? Um, they were pretty excited, and they thought, you know, it was kind of like a machine. Can we just get more? I just like to order another one. <laughs> like, nope, that's not how this works. It's a process. Um, but they really enjoyed it. We had, so our youngest daughter at the time was three, and so she was excited to be holding and feeding a baby and stuff, but then there kind of came tension that it was like, wait a minute, you're holding this baby more than me, which was the first time we ever dealt with it, because our girls are all pretty close. Our first two are Irish twins, and the next two are, which means just under a year, and then the next two are a year and 10 days. And so they never knew not having their sibling there, really, Mm -hmm. you know. So when Ray came, uh, Lana was like, I like this, but maybe we should (laughs) reevaluate. But she was also very verbal, and so it was easy enough to say, what's bothering you? She was like, I just need to be held more, you know, just as clearly as that. Wow, that's (laughs) And so... A lot of times it was holding Lana, holding Ray, you know, <laughs> just stacked on top. <laughs> but it was good. They really liked it, and they would all still like more children. <laughs> Ray continually prays at dinner that we'll have more kids. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> I guess he wants to be a big brother, huh? Yeah. Well, and that's, I don't think he really understands. This is kind of like, the, for whatever the machine thought, that he's like, let's have another kid and let's have it be a boy so I can play with them. I'm like, well, you know, the age gap between you would be pretty big that you couldn't play for a long time. Well, let's just adopt one that's closer to my age. <laughs> Simple. Like, he gets it, right? Not that easy. <laughs> Maybe if we went back like 60 years. <laughs> so you were in Denver. Is that where you took off on your, and you guys are full time now? Yeah. Um, so we actually took off from Vancouver, Washington. So we lived in Colorado for six years, right? Something like that. About. Yeah. Um, so we, Randall did law school there. And then after a few years of practicing, we were like, we could move anywhere. You know, and it was coming to the end of our last kiddo from um, foster care being in our home. And so we decided that we would leave and go to Washington because we really liked Washington. Mm. It was beautiful green. And um, so we went there. And on our way to moving there, or, you know, kind of in that time period, I had started watching Norp and South, which is another full-time family. They have nine kids. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I thought if they could do it with nine, we could totally do this with four. It'd be so easy. And so we lived in Vancouver for about a year, and then we, um, we decided to move into the fifth wheel, and we've been doing it for almost two years now. Yeah, two years in November. Yeah. So okay. a lot of times people ask us, you know, how do you decide where to go next? And for us, that was easy the first year, of course. That was our MLB trek. Yeah, the Major League Baseball schedule sort of dictated our, our route that uh, in 2018. And then this year, it's been kind of the all-star game to kick off the book tour a little bit, and then we're doing Route 66. What drives you to different places? So our biggest thing is that we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and 
there's temples in every state and some have multiple like utah you know there's right. lots <laughs> that was kind of exhausting <laughs> but um we try and hit every temple and our oldest is wow. old enough to go in with us and so um randall and her go in and then i take a turn after they come out and the younger ones they do a video outside the temple with me of just a question you know what do we go to temples for what does our church believe why do you believe in god just different videos like that um, short little videos but just to answer questions so they feel that they get to be a part of it but that's what dictates mostly our schedule is um, trying to see all these temples and so far we're up to 48 how many are there in the US there are 89 I, I think Wow so and yeah. one in every state at least at least yeah, yeah there's like two in Nevada three in Washington one in Oregon seven in California six in Arizona 17 in Utah <laughs> and I think Kansas technically doesn't have one in their state, but it's in Kansas City. Okay. Because the they're Missouri divided. Side? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's an independence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, one in every state at least. So Utah had 17. Yeah. And we've done all but one of them. Wow. So that was like sometimes three temples in one day. <laughs> the kids Jeez. are like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when, where is the temple or temples located in Alaska? Um. Oh, I can pull up the app for you. We can get to it um, by taking a ferry over. So we've debated whether we um, do it by taking our RV up there or if we just go up there, you know, like in a flight or a ferry, uh -huh. just person-wise, because it's a little more expensive to take I your rig. I think it's an Anchorage. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I'm Anchorage. assuming you, you don't plan on ferrying the RV to Hawaii. No. <laughs> yeah. We are not going to do the same nope. thing either. We've been through 44 states so far, 20,000 miles, and... I told you guys earlier we're 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 missing five and a half because the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, but yeah, I'd say five and a half, not six, because we're not going. We're going to fly to Hawaii eventually, but we're not going to yeah pay to ship the RV there. Although Patty says maybe we'll win the lottery and, and you know yeah, and, and then why not? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Sounds like a great way to spend money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what was the? And I'm, I'm sure when you're. A family of six and you first get into the RV there were some growing pains yeah what was like <laughs> what was the biggest adjustment to, to, to moving your whole family into an RV because for Patty and I it was pretty easy it was the two of us and our dog so that that was pretty easy what about you guys I think um, there's two opinions on this okay yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's hear them both <laughs> I think one of the biggest things was just stuff um, you know downsizing what do we really need and where can we fit it and I'm a really good organized pack rat, so that was helpful. But it's still, you know, paring down, you know, we got rid of a lot of stuff from our house. And I thought, you know, we did great. This is so good. We're done. And then you go into the RV with all your stuff and you're like, just kidding. Let's go again. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, making sure that everybody has what they need for different environments. You know, you can't wear hiking sandals if you're going to go play in the snow all the time. Right. You know, so trying to figure out well what object will consolidate down enough to serve multiple purposes to make sure everybody has what they need and what's your opinion randall well <laughs> the biggest problem was me so now all of a sudden i'm working in the house and all of a sudden i'm available and i'll put quotes around that because i'm working but everybody thinks i'm and then i'm throwing off everybody's schedule i'm getting told by people that you know we need to do this we need to do that you need to fit around your so it's just it was just me adjusting to everybody else's time was probably the but, most difficult yeah. thing for me and it was painful for Gwen also because I was throwing off her routine because I'd be like okay I'm done with my project let's go do something 
and they're all ready to do whatever they had in their schedule, and I'm just messing it up, and, and so it was just really me. Patty can probably <laughs> relate to that. Because Absolutely. The, I'm right here. I relate. <laughs> <laughs> the trip, you know, like, so I, I, I was a sports writer at Sporting News in Charlotte, and I quit my job to do this baseball trip. I knew we were going to do the podcast, I was going to write the book, and and uh, but Patty was still working full-time, you know, and 40-plus hours a week, and so it's like, a Wednesday afternoon and I'm done with the website whatever I'm doing I wrote a blog post or whatever and I'm like hey let's go we're in I don't know we're in friggin San Diego let's go see let's go to the beach in San Diego I can't Ron I'm working <laughs> I would love to I <laughs> and I can't always shuffle a meeting around either right yeah, so yeah, yeah, that whole routine is is yeah. really difficult. No matter what, even if you have a job, I think, or, or don't have a job, but you're trying to get to all the things you want to get to, yeah. it, it's hard to have a routine when you're on the road. Yeah, I think it was a big, you know, adjustment of just the figuring out, you know, well, how much play can we do, and what play do we need to do without Daddy, and <laughs> you know, at first it was all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even just down to the detail of the kids are like, I have a question. I doubt mom can answer. Let's go ask dad. You know, and it's like, you can't just keep interrupting dad. You know, I think you're a lot better at multitasking it now if they come interrupt, but it's still hard. You know, you're focused on this one task and you need to keep going at it. Or if you're on a conference call and stuff, I mean, I think the conference calls they've handled pretty well, but if you don't have a headset on, they're like, oh, he's available. I need one of those <laughs> extendable boxing gloves that I can just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the, the sign for me, too, is I'll tr- I want to ask Patty something about, you know, whatever. It could be about dinner, you know, what do you want to have for dinner? And it's like, oh, headphones are on, can't talk to her. But as soon as the headphones are off, you know, I'm like, hey, babe. And she's like, honey, I love you, but leave me alone. You know? <laughs> yeah. I need a little sign. <laughs> And I, I really know she's off limits when she shuts the door to the bedroom. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like, All righty. TV cannot go on right now. I need to. <laughs> I, I need to be productive because she's back there working. But it was funny. Like so, you guys are in a fifth wheel, so it's a little different, and probably not as hectic of a schedule as we had last year. We were in cities sometimes one, two nights, and then we had to leave and get to the next one. But there were times where we're rolling down the highway, and she's in the back working on a call or whatever and especially it was an issue out west where we're in idaho or montana or eastern washington or arizona uh and she's like hey i have service right now i have to be on this call in 15 minutes stop, stop. The at you know the next rest area or the next pilot or whatever so i can be on this call because i have service right now because i cannot tell you how many times i hear her shout something like a curse word or whatever when and Never. she's like i and i'm like what's wrong i just lost service yeah. <laughs> or the the call dropped or whatever and uh but it kind of paid off one time though in uh eastern washington or no it was western montana where it stopped at a uh uh rest area that was also it had one of those uh, national forest campgrounds mm-hmm. and so i took Holmes out for a walk it was our dog and uh found a 20 dollar bill next to a tree and i was like all right so i picked it up sweet <laughs> get paid for walking your dog exactly yeah <laughs> you look at the dog say about time you pay me <laughs> right, exactly. so gwen you're not a big sports fan but randall you you grew up a mariners fan right yeah all through the bad years and the good years and then the bad years 
Yeah, how, how tough was that when you were younger when they had the best record ever in baseball and then they, they lose to the Yankees and they in the ALCS? Out in the LCS? Yeah, that was frustrating. I, far, I thought for sure they had a guaranteed trip to the World Series. I was a senior in high school when that happened, and so I was looking forward to it because we always would go to 20 games a year plus as many of the when they started going to the playoffs finally. As many of the playoffs as we could, so that was that was upsetting. Not going to lie. I mean, it was 2001, so we all justified that, well, the Yankees might have deserved it because of 9-11, but everybody knew that that was just, you know, that's what you said. Right. But we knew that the Mariners should have been to the World Series that year. Oh, yeah. That uh, was such a good team. Jay Buhner, yeah, well, they were loaded. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the Yankees ended up winning it all that year, right? I think they lost. Did actually, they? in the World Series, yeah. I'm trying to remember 2001 World Series. Might have been. Was it the Braves? I remember, but I think they lost because everyone. The Marlins, was, maybe. Yeah. You were probably like. Huh? Everyone was laughing, but the Yankees <laughs> lost. And they were like, "All right, they, 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 they did enough. They got to the World Series, but they did not deserve to win another championship." So. So what was your? So I mean, that was a painful memory. But what's your like? What, what's what's a good childhood baseball memory? Well, I had the opportunity to go when they were in their heyday a lot because my dad always had 20 game passes. So I we we for whatever reason we ended up at all the, the iconic games. So I was there when Mark McGuire got a hold of one of Randy Johnson's fastballs, and he set the major league record for longest home run hit ever at that point. And that was one of those hits where he hit it, and it kept going up as it would have left the kingdom. It was just going so far. I was at another one where Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. hit a home run in the same game. I was there when Ken Griffey Jr. broke his arm. Just just about every good Mariners thing that you could imagine, we were there for it. So it was just really fun to be able to go. But my favorite one was the first year they made the playoffs. My dad and I scored tickets to go to the Anaheim playoff game. Where, the, where Randy Johnson got to pitch against the Angels. When they came back, they were like 17 games back, and then they ended up getting winning the, the American League West that year. So we were at that playoff game. Nice. My dad took me out of school. We went, and they go, and Luis Soho, who was probably the slowest person to walk the earth, <laughs> hits a ball, it bounces off first base, gets stuck in the where the pitchers were warming up. And so the, the, the first baseman couldn't find the ball. And so he's running as fast as he can. It looks like he's speed walking, and he hits an in-the-park home run. Right, and the marriage just blow them apart. And my favorite part about the whole thing is, we were there, and all everybody was just you know dying because the Mariners won. They were going to playoffs for the first time ever. And my dad hugs <laughs> this this guy next to him. They've never met, but there was just like pure joy with everybody in the state was just like throwing stuff and happy, and everybody was just going nuts. So that was probably my favorite one. That's awesome. Our favorite thing last year that happened was when the kid in Denver got a home run ball, and we've told that story. I told you guys that before, and and so the, those are the types of memory like. You have that memory, you know. We hope this kid is telling that story 20, 30, 40 years from now mm -hmm. about getting a home run ball hit by a pitcher of all people. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the stadium now? Seiko? Yeah, or T Mobile. T Mobile Field? Now. Yeah, it's awesome. It was really cool when they built it when I was in high school. They had the All Star game there the first year, but it was such an upgrade over the Kingdom. I mean, the Kingdom was cool, but uh, the stadium itself is really nice. Um, it's built for the fans um just the whole experience and, and you know all the new baseball stadiums that are funded by the cities they're all they're all the same mm -hmm. but uh it's it's super nice and and the only the only problem is the rail the railroad is right underneath the stadium right and so every 20 to 30 minutes you know you hear the train just right. and it goes through and all that other stuff but it it's quite an experience it was really fun i just finished a book written by a guy named rich o'malley it's called one lucky fan and he has been to he has seen a home game of all 123 MLB, NFL, NHL, and NBA teams. It took him like 25 years to do it. Yeah. But he said one of the endearing things of Safeco Field is the train mm -hmm. tracks. That, yeah. And I, I, I don't know why, it. but he liked it. 
I, I actually didn't really notice it much. Um, I don't remember that. Uh, the roof was open when we were there, which is great. It, a very unique roof. How it just it's not really a roof. It's more of a a, a carport. Yeah, it just it slides is. over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not exactly the easiest stadium to get to, though. No, it's not. No, no you have to park somewhere and then walk a mile. Yeah, generally. or. What we did with my uncle and cousins, we took the ferry from Bremerton over and just walked up from the ferry. It is port. really close from the ferry. Yeah, so. We also went, Gwen and I, we went there a couple years ago for our anniversary, and I think we saw Ken Griffey Jr.'s last home run there. Oh, wow, that's Gibson cool. Baltimore, I think, is who they were playing. I love that he's got a statue there. Patty and I ran a 5K there last year. It was uh, the Refuse to Abuse 5K to, uh, against domestic violence, and, and uh, when, when we were done, Patty likes to run. And me, I'm like, exercise is overrated. They call it fat and happy for a reason. <laughs> and so people are asking me, don't you have that runner's high? Wasn't it great? And I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> runner's high. But, no. I never <laughs> want to do this again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was a good cause. And um, so have you been able to see any baseball games while you're, I mean, unfortunately, while you're in St. Louis, the Cardinals are out of town. But have you been able to see any baseball games since you've been in the RV? No, we haven't. Uh, we've seen some stadiums, but we haven't yeah. we haven't been any games. Okay, it'd be fun. Our kids would like it, especially in the summer when the cheap the tickets are cheap um, for a lot of the stadiums, especially for the teams that are out of the out of the running for any postseason stuff. You can get good deals on tickets, so right we should, but we haven't. Yeah, I mean we're going to be going up to Chicago from here, and well, the Cubs are playing the Cardinals while we're going to be there. I should well, we should really look into some White Sox tickets because we can probably find them on the cheap. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Hmm. We'll be in Cincinnati next month, so All right. uh, we might be able to do something over there. I don't know. So speaking of inexpensive, so you're in the St. Louis area. Have you been able to do any of the activities around here? Have you been here before? You know, kind of contradictory to the inexpensive. We went to the City Museum. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> um, but Which it is was awesome. Totally worth it. Yeah, it was. I mean, for a family of six, that's expensive. Right. But it was really neat. To, I mean, we spent six hours, so we really got our money's worth, so to speak. You know. And our kids went to bed on time that yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because they yeah. expended all their energy crawling around yeah. City Museum, which, which you said you tried to get into every nook and cranny. Yeah, you could we get did. Into. Yeah, we 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 didn't get stuck. And we didn't have to go backwards. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. There was a couple I, times I was like, oh, maybe this wasn't... Oh, no, we're, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, did you walk out into the glass floor on the, on the bus or anything? No, we didn't go to the rooftop. We oh, just okay. did everything inside and then the side outside. That's. It took us six hours to do all of that. Gotcha. We, we did go through the airplanes, though. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That is neat. Yeah. I love City Museum, but... Make sure you get to the zoo, though. Here, uh, it's it's free, and the St. Louis Art Museum is also free, which is it's also a really great. Everything in Forest Park is free because it was when St. Louis hosted the Olympics in 1904 and the World's Fair. Uh, some landowner donated all that land for, that is now Forest Park, oh, okay. and a trust was set up at the time to like maintain everything in the park. So that's why the the, that's the zoo cool. and the art museum are free because of that, which yeah. is pretty awesome. So we, really did, nice. we did go to the arch today. Yeah. So then that was that's free. Um, so we didn't go up into it, but we went to the yeah yeah the museum, museum underneath is, yeah. is free. Yep. The yeah. museum underneath was really cool. How it was all set up. That was neat. Yeah, they have projector TVs that you can <laughs> yeah. walk in when you go in there, and there was a sunrise. And I was a, I told my daughter, I said, go stand behind it because it shows her shadow. And it's just she's doing like a yoga pose, and it shows her shadow. <laughs> oh, that's cool. As the sun's going down, it was it was pretty fun. Oh, is there going to be video of that? Um, Maybe like an Instagram video, a short. Okay. <laughs> so let everybody know how they can follow you. You got a YouTube channel, you got your website, you mentioned Instagram. Let everybody know how, how they can follow the Floyds. It's all Everyone Loves the Floyds. 
at any of those on Instagram, YouTube. And we have a blog, um, and it's just all everyone loves the Floyds, because you should. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. Well, you going to add something? You have a book, right? Yes, I um, oh, yeah, just finished a that. book. Title? Oh, it's called <laughs> Roaming Wide and Living Free. It's basically like a beginner's guide. It goes through some of the horror stories that we've we've had in our journeyings. Lesson learned: always use your chalks. Um, but there's there's all kinds of things in there, and then Gwen gives a whole bunch of really good tips on just living in an RV. Yeah, um, how stuff. I go through organizing and save keeping people things a lot clean. of time right. <laughs> if they read it for sure. Yeah, we're thinking of doing a just for our own YouTube channel that's a couple months old, doing like a all right. Here's some RV life hacks that we've yeah. learned. Well, and it's helpful because anybody that starts out, you know, like looking at it and saying, "Hey, that looks really fun. How would I even start going about it?" The people who are living the experience, it's really helpful to know those hacks so that you don't have to suffer as much when you start out. I mean, there's still always growing pains, like you said. Right. But and that's there is a chapter in my book called "Things Are Going to Break" because it's inevitable. Yep. <laughs> if it w- if it can, it will. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when we were getting ready to start on this, it was I I went out and I tried to find as much information. Yep. So it's good to have like a good consolidated. Place we watched to go. a lot of episodes of Going RV. Yeah, that's more about purchasing your RV than actually what it's really like once you have it, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Those stories are all great. It's like, well, we, yeah. The, for whatever reason, they never feature families or couples who are like, "Oh my God, we've had this thing since <laughs> April and it sucks. There was nothing works." I wonder why. <laughs> they don't feature those people for some reason. <laughs> we, the, don't get me started on the slide on top around this thing. Yeah. Oh, you could funny. make one the true side of the RV life. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we do love it though. It yeah, is because, yeah. like you said, roaming wild and living free. I mean, you know, it is awesome to be able to travel from place to place and still work and pay your bills and stuff and. And, uh, well, and just the experiences yeah, that seeing the different kids things. are getting yeah. as well. The education and the excitement that they're connecting with it. You know, mm-hmm. we had our kids uh, memorize the capitals and states, and our third oldest, um, she was super excited when we were heading down to Tahoe and we passed through Carson City, Nevada. And she grabbed her sister and she's shaking her and she's like, we're passing through Carson! <laughs> and, and Maddie's like, why are you shaking me? But it was just because she had connected that she learned that and now geographically she knows where that's at and what it looks like physically. So it's just neat for them to really take out the middleman and experience it for themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. We, we met a, a family from Texas it was funny, last year we met him for the first time at College Park, Maryland, when we were there in the D.C. Baltimore area to see the uh, Nationals and Orioles at the time. And then from there we went up to Philadelphia. Who pulls in after us? The same family we met down, <laughs> down in College Park. So from Philadelphia, we went to we, the next place we stayed to see the Yankees was in Jersey City, Jersey. Who is like two, two spots away from us? That same family from Texas. They were, now they they broke off and went to like Western New York from there. While we went to up to toward Boston, we stayed in Connecticut actually. But yeah, three. The, and I remember the guy's name was Toby, but I never we never exchanged cards or phone numbers, and I regret that. But yeah, it was, but anyway, the point I was trying to get to. They have two children. They were nine and twelve at the time, and they homeschool their kids. But their nine-year-old girl was like the most well-spoken nine-year-old I have ever met in my life. So it's just like, you know, if you have the means, even if you have children, if you can homeschool your children and give them a good education and make them read, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's yeah. it's awesome because your kids are not only getting the textbook experiences, but they're getting life experiences. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much about it that you can't put, you know, 
the list would be endless, the things that they're learning. And to interact with people of all ages, which you can do in a sticks and bricks, but this, this really forces them to get outside of any comfort zone to reach out. And for some, our son, it's heaven because he's like, I finally get to talk to everyone I've always wanted to talk to, which is just anyone well, who was ever born. Yeah, he's, <laughs> sounds like he's, somebody I know. He's, he's not exactly shy in the brief encounter we had when you guys got here. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just, he wanted to talk my ear off. And yeah. So, but, all right. Well, we're going to let you get back to your family. And, uh, but thank you so much for coming out here and uh, joining us in the Home Run on Wheels podcast. And folks, follow them. Everyone loves the Floyds. They have an awesome YouTube channel. Randall does an awesome job video, uh, editing the videos and everything. And I want to learn from him because our YouTube channel could use some work. But follow us too. But also subscribe to Everyone Loves the Floyds. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Run on Wheels podcast. Talk to you next week.